Pot Radio Network is pleased to present Encounter, a public service program here on KSIV that spotlights local Christian events and provides information and resources to enrich your lives. And now, your Encounter host, Judy Redlick. Hi, I'm Judy Redlick. Thanks for coming back with Encounter with me. I have the president of the Dwight L. Moody Center, and uh, this is an organization that I want you to really learn about. And uh, Dr. James Spencer is the author of this great book, If You Have Challenge with Distractions, and you're wondering, how do I know when it's distraction and when it's really what God wants me to do? We're going to talk about his new book called Christian Resistance, Learning to Defy the World and Follow Christ. Dr. Spencer, welcome to this edition of Encounter. Hey, thank you for having me. Great to be here. Wow, that's a pretty uh, daunting title, Christian Resistance. Yeah, it's uh, Christian Resistance is something I've been thinking about, actually, since around 2007. Um, I wrote an unpublished essay on uh, resistance as a component of spiritual formation. And the general idea that I was sort of trying to advance then and in this book is um, the picture The picture I usually use to describe it is uh, a dam that is holding back water. And so if we think about what a dam has to do, it has to hold back all the pressure that is coming against it with the water, and it has to hold its shape. If it cracks, if it breaks in on itself, that water is going to come flowing in, and the dam is no longer really a dam anymore. It's just sort of a uh, you know, a broken wall that's allowing all this water. It hasn't held up to the pressure. And so the dam has to hold its shape. And that's the picture I have in my mind when I think about Christian resistance. Christians have to hold their shape. And we're always going to be in contact with the world, just as the dam is always in contact with the water. But we have to hold our shape. We have to have a strong boundary. And we have to understand where we end and the world begins. And that's the sort of Christian resistance that I have in mind that I had in mind as I was writing this book. Very interesting. I love pictures like this because you can you can see it in your own mind and you can kind of go, hmm, that makes a little sense. So talk more about that damn concept and sure, I mean, where we go and give some examples of what you mean by distraction. Certainly. Yeah, I mean, where I go to think about distraction, particularly within the Scriptures, is a fairly obvious story, Mary and Martha. And uh, what we have in that story is Martha, who is busying herself with everything that would have to do with hospitality. She's hosting Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, she's doing the preparations, the things that would be expected of her within her time and culture, and probably some of those expectations that she's put on herself, that as she's hosting Jesus, she wants everything to be right. And uh, she gets a little frustrated with Mary, who's not helping, <laughs> goes in and tells Jesus, hey, make Mary help. And Jesus just tells her, I'm sorry, Mary, yeah, Mary goes in the good portion. Now, what I think we get from this story is just a couple things. Number one, Martha's not doing anything that seems particularly pernicious, right? She's not engaged in some sort of sinful behavior, right? right? She, has, she hasn't chosen to, you know, um, go out and, and rob a store while Jesus is sitting there teaching. She's just going about the normal expectations of her day. But what we find is that, that, that even our normal expectations can distract us from really doing what Christ would have us do. And so that's the biblical story that I think about. When I pull it over into our current context, I think there are a lot of things that we sort of put on ourselves as expectations, 
or that we have come to be a little bit more expected to do. So one of the examples I usually give are um, answering text messages. So whenever I get a text message, I feel this urge that because I've gotten the text message, I've gotten the alert on my phone, I need to respond to that text sort of immediately. Um, it feels like if I don't respond, people are going to be a little bit put off by that. Now, that's an unrealistic expectation. People usually aren't put off by that. But I think that text messaging has come to be one of those more um, back-and-forth mediums that, that is immediate. It has this sort of expectation that there's going to be an immediate response. That is true. true. And uh, it used to be yeah. with email. But now I noticed, I was thinking about this the other day, about how email is not the modus operandi anymore. It's really texting. Right. I mean, you can leave an email for a few days. I know. You feel like you could leave that for a few days. (laughs) And so that's just one of those expectations. So as those notifications come in, they are distracting. They take my mind away from whatever it is that I'm doing, and they put it onto this text message that has just come in. I almost always read the notification that comes up, or I used to always read the notification that comes up. And what I've started to do instead of, you know, sort of as I noticed that I was getting distracted by some of those text messages, I've just turned the notifications off. You know, I've switched them so that the little banner doesn't come down and I can't read the whole thing. And so they are no longer as much of a distraction as they used to be. But I still notice in my life that there are many things that I do, just like Martha was doing, that I'm putting those expectations on myself or maybe the culture is putting an expectation on me to work a certain number of hours a week or to get a certain amount of work done in a week, you know, those kind of things. And those are good in a way. They provide a discipline and a, you know, a a sort of cadence to life. But at the same time, if we're not leaving room to discern where it is that Jesus wants us to go, they then ultimately become distractions that keep us from sitting at the feet of Jesus and ultimately following and walking in his footsteps. Now, Dr. Spencer, how do we identify a distraction from what God really wants us to do? How do we identify that? So part of what I've started doing is asking myself the question, am I comfortable giving this up even for a time? Like, how uncomfortable is it for me to stop doing what I'm doing? (laughs) And how much disruption is it really going to cause me? Um, You know, if I were going to say, like, let me shut my phone off for a week, (laughs) <laughs> right. Uh, you know, I used could to, you really uh, do that? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think I could. And I, but I do think that I could shut my phone off outside of work hours. And I still don't. And so it's one of those things where it sort of sits in the back of my mind, like, why do I still have my phone on? Why do I still have my phone with me? You know, I grew up as a, a Gen Xer. Um, we, you know, I had my first phone was a rotary dial with a cord. But I mean, we couldn't take those phones with us all the time. No. If we left the house, they were just you were just out of contact. And that was it. And so there's no real reason that I have to have my phone on all night. There's no real reason that, I, that people need to get in touch with me no matter where I am. And yet I still have it on. And so that's one of those things that, you know, just personally I've been thinking about is why is that? And is this something that I need to just set aside so that I'm no longer distracted? And so that's sort of the litmus test that I've been using is if I got rid of it, what could I replace it with? Is another question I ask myself. And then if, I, if I'm unwilling to get rid of it, how, how might it be hindering me from really advancing my walk with Christ? Yeah, and how do we push back then from the distractions? If we come to a point where we say, okay, I want to get rid of this distraction, and you know how many times it's been repetitively done in our lives, so how do we keep 
from going back to that distraction if we make up our mind to get rid of that? I think it all goes back, for me, it goes back to Malachi 3.10. Malachi 3, what you see there is the Israelites trusting in um, their own sort of collection of food. Um, they're storing food for themselves because they're, they're seeing this sort of drought and this, this uh, famine coming, and so they're storing up this food, and they're, they're denying um, the sacrifices in the temple. They're not bringing God his portion. And what God tells them is, number one, you're robbing me, so you should probably stop doing that. And number two put me to the test. Like, be obedient. Put me to the test and see what happens. I'll show up. That's, that's functionally what he's talking about in Malachi 3. And I think that that mentality is the way that we combat distraction. I think we're distracted because we're trying to fulfill something within us that we feel like we lack. And as we test God through obedience— I think what we'll find is that God will meet us in those times of obedience and help us identify the true object of our desire, as opposed to filling up our time with distractions and either ignoring the desires that we have or chasing after the misdirected desires. Christian Resistance. We're looking at that book right now with Dr. James Spencer. Give us a thumbnail sketch of your book. Why would someone want to read that book? And some of you might feel convicted right now about distractions in your life. Number one, I think what I've tried to do with the book is to address topics that aren't normally covered in, you know, your standard Christian devotional literature. Mm-hmm. And so what I tried to do was look out at the current cultural landscape that we're in and ask myself, what is it that the Bible tells us? What is it that the Bible, what wisdom does the Bible give us to help us navigate our our situation right now. And so I really do try to uh, address some of the issues that I see um, that would really help us in this cultural moment, like, um, you know, resistance is one chapter, imitation of Christ, another chapter, attention is, is another chapter. Well, attention isn't something that we normally think about necessarily as a Christian discipline, but it has massive implications for how we live in today. And so um, that's what I've tried to do, is try to give people a little bit of a roadmap and a little bit of introduction to a lot of different topics that maybe they're not thinking of on a day-to-day basis, but I also think would really open their eyes to what the Scriptures teach in a new and fresh way that hopefully will nudge them toward obedience and the ability to defy the world and follow Christ. How do you get your book, Christian Resistance, Learning to Defy the World and Follow Christ? Yep, it's available on Amazon.com. And people can get it in print or in Kindle. And I should say that all the profits from the book go to support our Go Dark, Shine Bright campaign. Dr. Spencer, what is the third annual Go Dark, Shine Bright campaign all about? Yeah, this is the third year we're running the Go Dark, Shine Bright campaign. And it's really designed to help people detach from what we call voluntary media consumption. So the sorts of social media is one but also, you know, if you binge watch movies on any of the streaming services or binge watch a series or something like that, you know, we're, we're suggesting to folks that they take a look at their, their media consumption, ask themselves where it's hindering them from following Christ, and to set it aside for five days. And then after they set it aside for five days, we're asking them to re-enter that sort of social media realm or their personal social networks and just talk about how God met them during that five-day social media fast and really offer testimony to who God is and, and share the gospel with folks, but also just give people a sense of what life was like for those five days without the media that they've decided to give up. 
Um, over the last two years, we've had 50,000 folks participate. Um, we're uh, well over 10,000 uh, signed up to participate this year, and so we're excited. The campaign starts May 1st, but people can do it at any time during the year. So they just go to godarkshinebright.org. They can sign up there, just put their email in, and they can download the guide to do a social media fast. And then they get uh, a set of devotionals that um, they're able to be in the Word and, uh, and pray every day through these devotionals. Dr. James Spencer has been my guest. Dr. Spencer, if people would like to know more about the campaign and your book, where do they go? Well, for the campaign, they can go to godarkshinebright.org, and the book is available on Amazon.com. All you have to do is type in Christian Resistance, and uh, you should be able to find it. Awesome. Thank you so much for being my guest today. I'm Judy Redlich. This is Encounter. Invite a friend to tune in next week, won't you? Thanks for joining me. If you've listened to me at any time at all, or you've been friends with me, you know that I love to help people tell their story. Another thing I enjoy doing is helping people find their highest potential. If you're in a life's rut and you just can't figure out how to get past your stuck place, a life coach like me could help. Let me walk with you through your journey of transition. I'm a Christian life coach, and to find out more about my coaching, go to my coaching page at judyredlick.com or email me at jredlickspeaks at gmail.com. Check out more of Judy's interviews at judyredlick.com. That's J-U-D-Y-R-E-D-L-I-C-H dot com. Or email her at judyredlickspeaks at gmail.com. Friend her on Facebook. Connect with her on LinkedIn. Encounter, hosted by Judy Redlick, was produced and first aired on KSIV Radio, part of their Bot Radio Network.